my wife is like, it's a radio shack. It doesn't need to be aesthetically pleasing. It just needs to be functional. So you're just making a whole new tiny home over there. <laughs> it just, all I need is like a, a microwave and a, a fridge back here, man. And I'm set for contesting. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to Hamdom Thoughts Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a show about electronics, ham radio, and getting to know the hams behind the operation. I'm your host, 86DM Dennis. Today I have the honor of talking with Johnny, call sign Whiskey 5 Kilovolt. Johnny is a down-to-earth ham radio operator and a creator of the YouTube channel Signal Search, one of my favorites. I knew him from his various gear reviews in the past, but more recently, he's taken us on a journey toward building a completely new ham shack and erecting an antenna tower. Thank you for joining us today on episode number 20. Stay tuned. Johnny, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. How are you? Hey, Dennis, I'm doing great, man. How are you? Doing good. What's going on in te- Texas right now? Uh, you know, man, just uh, I've been working a whole bunch these past uh, few months and, you know, everything with coronavirus. Uh, I've been working from home now for like nine months. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of going crazy out of my mind over here to tell you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I feel the same. Are you, do you work out of your ham shack um, or are you just, I, are you in the, I, your house? I have a, a home office on the inside, oh, but okay. I, if I come out here, it, it's easy to get uh, distracted if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. I could imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over here, it's getting colder. I've, I've been saying that quite a bit. I bet my, my listeners are tired of me saying that, but it's getting pretty frigid out in California comparatively. Yeah. My ham shack is actually back online finally. After a while, because the wind blew down my antenna, I'd say several weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. I don't know, but I've been kind of offline. Ouch. And meantime, I'm seeing videos by you where you're, you're just steadily progressing. You got a flex, you got you know, more <laughs> gear, your, your antenna finally got all dialed in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what, let, uh, what got knocked down? Well, it's, it's kind of a, a temporary setup that I just, it's like, as soon as it just works, I left it alone and it's a mast that's not really well secured to the side of my house. It's one of those fiberglass, like 40 foot masts and, uh, has an end fed random wire on it. Okay. And you know, the wind just became too much and blew the mast down and it was laying across my pool and I, oh. <laughs> I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't put it back uh, right away. I just thought, okay, I'll, I'll wait for all the weather to, to calm down and then I'll, I'll get a proper way to secure it. So now it's back up. Again, it's not in a secure manner, so I still have work to do, but at least I'm operational again. Wow, I think, I think we've all been there, man. I've, I've had so many poles and antennas knocked down by <laughs> wind and branches. Yeah, I think one of your early videos, right? You had that cement foundation done and you put that pipe into your yard that's it maybe that was your old location um or maybe it's a new one i don't know <laughs> i don't know i didn't uh well i was planning on doing a hex beam here originally uh when i first moved into this house i don't know if you remember but mfj mm-hmm. sent me like uh their heck their their i think it was the six band hex beam mm-hmm. yes and uh i tried putting that up on you know where they the rotator is basically at the bottom and where it rotates with like a, a mast yes um yes. I tried doing that, and the problem was was I could never get the uh, the mast perfectly aligned with the rotator at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder than it sounds trying to do that whenever you're trying to use like thrust bearings at a certain location on the mast. It gets really crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the tolerance was just so low. I just eventually just ended up scrapping it because 
in order to rotate it, I would have to go out there and rotate it with my hand, yeah. <laughs> which got yeah. really tiring. That's that's why I stopped using my mag loop because I'd always have to go out there and retune it every time I wanted to change bands or something. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're we're off on a tangent already, but I, <laughs> I wanted to really, well, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say hi and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you, man, so much for having me. I, I really appreciate this podcast and what you're doing. Um, a little bit about me. Well, I've, I've been a ham since 2015. Uh, before that, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I guess after I graduated high school, if you already know, I, I went into the military right after I graduated high school. I served 10 years in the U.S. Army, where I did three deployments to the Middle East. I uh, served with the 18th Airborne Corps, served with the 101st Airborne Division, and also 1st Infantry Division was my, my very latest deployment. And uh, yeah, I did 10 years, 99 through 2009. Um, I was a mechanic in the Army. That was my actual job. But of course, I did that very little of the time. <laughs> Most of the time, I was doing like convoy security stuff in the military and um Honestly, the deployments just got too much, man. And after after those three deployments, I just told myself, I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So um, I ended up getting out and telling myself I was going to go to uh, college, you know, as soon as I got out. So that's what I did, man. I got out of the military in 2009 and I, I went to college and I did, uh, I did uh, two years at a community college here in Austin studying uh networking of all things i i, I studied uh, network administration oh uh, that's, so you're that's a, what i went to school for you're a sysad or you're a network admin <laughs> well that's what i went to school for but that's that's not what i do now I, okay. I i do work in it i do i work with uh ibm zos mainframes mm -hmm. uh yes i'm a, essentially a mainframe programmer that's what i do don't ask me how i got into that there there are, <laughs> are surprisingly many mainframe still in in production out in the, oh yeah in the it's world. someone told me a long time ago that if you can ever get your foot in the door as as a mainframer it's the way to go yep um and it's been an interesting interesting journey so I, yeah i've only been doing the it stuff now for like six years so before that yeah i was going to school like i said i graduated school i'm um, doing the mainframe stuff now and back in 2015 I got involved with an organization called the uh, Texas Military Forces, uh, which is essentially a, I guess you could call it like a volunteer statewide militia. I don't know if California mm -hmm. has anything like that. Um, it's basically like a bunch of ex-military guys that uh, get together once a month and they, they do drill. And one of the requirements for being part of the Texas Military Forces is that you get your technician license. So that's essentially why oh, that's, wow. that was how I got my start. So prerequisite is being a ham. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they do a lot of like search and rescue operations where, you know, they all carry an HT out to the field. Like most recently they were doing that search and rescue operation, like down South, they were searching for people crossing over the border, mm -hmm. you know, when it was really hot out because mm -hmm. they were just losing people left and right to the heat. So they, they deployed the Texas military forces out there. And of course they all took their, you know, HTs with them. And that's how they communicated because they don't have official equipment like, you know, military does. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I had an HT. I'm not, I'm not part of that organization anymore. I only did that for a couple of years and my HT essentially went into a, my sock drawer for a while. <laughs> Familiar story. I, I just pulled it out one day and started playing with it. Uh, when I was here in Austin and I heard one of the local repeaters here uh, locally and started talking to uh, the N5OAK, which is the amateur radio club that I'm part of now, a mm. uh, group of guys here in, in Austin. There's like 180 of us. It's a, it's a club that's grown exponentially over the last few years. And uh, yeah, those guys really helped me get up and running with everything, you know. And so you <laughs> did some radio comms in the military as well? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wasn't like part of signal or anything, but I certainly worked with a lot of shortwave radios. It, matter of fact, depended on them very, very much, especially when we were in Afghanistan. I, I think that's, uh, you know, part of the reason 
where I got kind of like my desire to, to get my license after I got out of the military was, um, on my last, on my very last deployment to Afghanistan, they, uh, the army said, we're going to send you through a course that's called the, uh, electronic warfighters course, if I remember correctly. And, uh, it was this course that was in, uh, Maryland that I went to. It was like a six month course that basically taught us how to use these, uh, systems that are in, still in use today that basically block radio controlled IEDs. They're, they're called Duke systems basically. So there are these systems that they, that they, uh, the army sent me to, you know, to be trained up on. And I think that's where I got my, my interest in shortwave was, was mm-hmm. that course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning how the army and the air force jams frequencies. It was, it was pretty, pretty fascinating. Some of the technology and stuff that they, that they have, you know, stuff that they use over there. So, yeah, I'm just trying to visualize just gonna just a convoy just going around and the immediate area all around them, just completely filled with RF in order to jam yeah. any signals that are going on. Yeah. What was scary was when you were driving in theater, you had this computer sitting in the back of your truck, basically, uh, that was analyzing everything that was going on around you. Basically, it was it was listening to it could basically it, it could scan the entire spectrum like I don't know how many times per second. I mean, it, this thing was incredible. Mm-hmm. So the instant it would find a signal, you would get a notification on your dash. Basically, there's a control panel up in front of the and man, whenever that light went off, uh, it, it was a little. You know, it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, just kind of raise your <laughs> blood pressure a little bit there whenever yeah. you see a little pop up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you have an extensive YouTube channel called Signal Search. And as I mentioned, it's one of my favorites. Uh, you're currently sharing the evolution of your station and your operation. And you review some things. Uh, in the past, you've done product reviews and have shown us some contesting, but nowadays it's more of a, it's kind of a personal journey on how things work in your shack and, and in the remote operation. Uh, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your channel? Yeah, certainly. That, that's a great question, man. I, you know, for the longest time I tried to do videos that I thought other people wanted to see basically. And I found that when I did that, my interest in YouTube just tanked mm, yeah. <laughs> big time. So the only way I could keep myself interested in YouTube was to basically just do videos on the things that I was personally interested in. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it may not be what everybody else wants to see. That's, but that's where you get the personal journey, so to speak. You know, when I first started off, gosh, just five years ago, I was living in an HOA, uh, just like you. Um, <laughs> my my antenna in the backyard was a uh, an N fed. I mm-hmm. had to keep it hidden because you know there was no antennas allowed whatsoever, but my neighbors were gracious enough to basically not complain or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I kind of got the idea that maybe I wanted to move out of Austin. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I love Austin and uh, me and the wife were just thinking maybe we wanted a little bit more privacy, a little bit more land. And so the timing was just perfect. Really? We, started searching for a house outside of Austin, you know, with a little bit more land. And one of my requirements was, you know, I wanted to be able to put up whatever I wanted. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) every Ham's dream, right? Yeah. I want to put up a tower. (laughs) Yeah. 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 One of my good friends, Scott, uh, AK five SD. He's also a a real estate agent. Well, he's not anymore. He now works for flex radio. uh, But he helped me basically search for the house that I have now and I told him, you know, he knew exactly everything that I wanted, you know, cause he was a ham himself and helped me find this place. And, but, um, yeah, now we've been, you know, constructing this radio shack now, gosh, for the last year and a half. And I, I just, if you were to ask me five years ago, what I, you know, do you think, where are you going to be at in five years from now? I, I would have never guessed that I'd be where I am today, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been pretty cool watching how it's progressed it, i remember the earlier ones where you started off you'd ask questions to to your audience yeah like how should i do this coax you know should i should i be digging should i be doing pipe or you know whatever and uh, yeah. you're using some terms i'm not a construction guy so i don't really know but you were talking about ways of of really 
getting everything set up. And now I'm looking at you on Zoom for, for those of uh, the audience listening. And you have this, this really packed shack now, a lot of gear in there. Yep. And uh, it, it's looking good. It's, it's coming together. Yeah. When I moved in here, I, you know, I, goodness, when I found, when I got my, or going back to me putting the FT60 in my sock drawer, you know, pulling it out, I, I kind of, I was one of those, I guess you could call it hams that fell into what's called the HT trap. Yeah. But once I, I, I kind of, I got licensed for general, uh, which was about, I don't know, about two years after I got my technician license. I didn't even know about general or extra. Like when I went and got my technician license, the, the folks there giving out the tests really didn't give us any additional information. I was brand new to it, had no clue what general and extra even was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I found HF, oh my goodness, my interest in amateur radio just exploded. That's, that's basically when it took off for me. Yeah. I, and I told myself within a few years of, of getting licensed, I was like, I want to move from this place. Cause I don't get me wrong. I love HOAs. You know, I think they, they serve a, they serve a purpose, but at the same time, it's like a double-edged sword. You know, you want, you have, you want to have your freedom at the same time, but you want your, your neighborhood to be nice and pretty. It's yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I feel for a lot of hams out there that, that can't put up, you know, antennas like, like I can. So, mm-hmm. um, well, that's yeah, the thing with man. HF. It immediately requires oh yeah, many, many feet, many hundreds of feet sometimes of space and vertical elevation. <laughs> and yeah. so, you, yeah. you know, with the transition from, from technician to general, a lot of, I know a lot of techs and they're, they're like, plenty happy to do VHF satellite repeaters and even simplex and SSTV and all that. Mm-hmm. But then the, you, you, there's, there is that switch when you have the capability to go all, all over the world with these, these longer wavelengths. Yeah. Suddenly you're thinking of things that are not very aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh man, if only I could put up this 40 foot tower and, and realize that in a nice suburban suburban home, yeah, that wouldn't it, quite work. <laughs> it really is just the nature of how HF operates. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a completely different beast than VHF UHF, and it. I mean, you know, HF can do some pretty fascinating things sometimes, and yeah. to me, that's that's part of the, I guess, where I find most of the interest. So, was there anything in particular, like any catalyst that that made you? look at HF or it was just something that you evolved into and you realize, oh, I want to try out this, uh, this HF stuff. Oh, goodness. You know, as corny as it may sound, I, I, <laughs> I think I honestly started thinking about uh, HF radio again because of, I think it was some movie or something I was watching many years ago. Mm, okay. It wasn't through anybody. <laughs> I just, I was, I was watching something on the, on the TV and it was, I don't know. It could have been contact or frequency or something, but I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing somebody operating, you know, a shortwave radio. And I started thinking to myself, wait a sec, you know, I'm, I'm a tech, I'm a technician. I have an HT. So I started doing some more internet research and that's when I, you know, found out about the general test and mm, okay, yeah, nobody in my ham, like nobody in my family is a ham radio operator or anything. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I wanted to go back to your channel because as you've probably been asked hundreds of times uh, (laughs) about, you actually had your channel for a while and then it just dropped and suddenly it disappeared. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about that. What, what happened and what brought you back? You know, how, how things happened. Uh, you, You hinted to it. You said that you were going for things that, you thought people wanted to see and that kind of sapped the life out of you. So I imagine that contributed. Could you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, certainly, man. Um, yeah. So I, I had my channel before, I think I started it back in, I think it was 2016. I first started it up, uh, had it for about two years, I think. And then, uh, I essentially deleted it. I was like up to 9,000 subscribers already. Mm -hmm. And, Long story short, man, I was I was basically just burnt out, you know, not just from YouTube, but 
just life in general, I think, mm, okay. um, you know, with work and family and yeah, like you said, I was basically doing, trying to do videos that I thought other people would like to see. So, you know, it, it just got a little overwhelming for me and I, I wasn't really taking care of myself, you know, being a, a veteran of combat, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, you know, as far as mentally, not only physically, but also mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't doing that. And I, I basically just tanked. And then after I, I was gone for a few months, man, I, I realized that I missed it. I really did. I, I missed the community of, you know, ham radio operators. I missed it. There's something about the ham radio community to me. It's really hard to describe, but there's a lot of like camaraderie in yeah. the in the ham radio community. And you'll also find that in the military. And that's one thing that I really like about, you know, ham radio operators. Um, it just reminds me a lot about the military community, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of veterans out there, you know, that are ham radio operators. So, you know, veteran families as well. Yeah, man, just I basically wasn't taking care of myself and uh, deleted it. I regretted it almost instantly when I did it. Cause I was like, you know, all that content, I didn't save any of my videos. Oh, no. I mean, I, I have a lot of my material saved on, uh, my computer, but it's all jumbled. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a lot of work that I essentially threw down the, threw down the drain. And a lot of people emailed me and they were really upset, you know, and you know, it's understandably enough, uh, you know, if you're subscribing to someone's channel and you just up and delete it, you know, you're probably going to be a little upset, you know, because that person, you know, kind of gave the loyalty of, you know, subscribing to your channel in the first place. So, yeah, I think I lost a lot of subscribers that way. And when I came back, it was really hard for me to like get back up to where I was. Uh, but I'm there now. I'm, I'm now at like 9,000 subs. So it's pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm really thankful. And this time I'm just taking a completely different approach to it as far as basically just like you said, you know, videoing the progress of my shack, all of my projects. I've really been thinking over the past few months, though, where like kind of where I want to take the channel because, uh, again, I'm starting to get a little bored of things, mm-hmm. not, you know, to be honest with you. So I'm trying to like shake things up a little bit and, you know, go back to videoing the things that are really interesting me, which to be honest is like 95% of the time is like projects. I like doing projects. Mm -hmm. I'm not the type of person that likes to, don't get me wrong. I like doing radio reviews and antenna reviews and how to review, how to videos and all that, that, but, uh, what I really want to do is like videos on like projects, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, antennas, building antennas, working on the tower, you know, doing stuff here in the shack, stuff like that. Yeah. That tower is amazing by the way. Oh, thanks. I mean, yeah, it's there been, was, there were maybe, I would, I think there were like five or so, four or five videos on that tower where you started off with the foundation and then all the way through to, you were putting, was it wood planks on, on the sides there to, to protect it? And then finally when the yeah, antenna it, went live, it was kind of like of, a, it's kind of like I a kind final of fumbled moment. fumbled around with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's my first tower. A lot of less, a lot of lessons were learned with this one. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, I have a uh, basically, essentially a a Roan twenty five G that's about seventy feet tall, and then I've got wow. like a six foot mast sticking out of the top of that, and it's set in a four by four by four block of concrete. Uh, there's no rebar in that block whatsoever. And in retrospect, I wish that I would have done rebar, mm-hmm. um, only just to give it a little bit of extra strength. Mm-hmm. But I've talked to a lot of experts and guys that have done towers in the past and they said, don't worry about it. The, the tower will act as the, the rebar mm-hmm. itself inside the concrete base. Yeah, it was a lot of work, man. I, uh, I was going to do all that by hand, like the concrete base and all that, but I ended up uh, having a guy come out here with a backhoe. And then I, I brought someone out with a concrete truck to pour the cement. And then, uh, yeah, uh, George, K5TR, he's kind of jumping ahead to Elmer's. Uh, he was uh, instrumental in helping me get this thing up. I don't know if you know who George is. He's a, 
he's got a super station out in uh, Central Texas here. And George, he's just very knowledgeable with ham radio tower. He essentially put the, the entire thing up for me. Wow. You know, he's like, I don't want you to, to touch this because you've never done it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he was just so helpful. He came over here and put the entire thing up for me. And I, I basically just sat back and watched from or I helped him, you know, yeah. helped him with the gen pole and all that. But, uh, yeah, it's been a labor of love, um, you know, in retrospect, yeah, a lot of people have emailed me asking me, do you regret doing a tower? Uh, there's still, there are still days that I don't enjoy climbing, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, when I get up there at 70 feet, it's, it's not exactly, you know, comfortable. Yeah. I mean, like right now there's a nut missing on one of my beams and it, it's just really tiring, you know, knowing that I have to climb all the way to the top of a 70 foot tower just to put one nut on my yeah. antenna. I can imagine, man. I, I, I'm not really afraid of heights, but when you get to that level, (laughs) you know, you just can't avoid the, the vertigo feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, also some folks have asked me how it was guide. Uh, it, I have those helical anchors that you screw into the ground. It's not, uh, it's not guide on concrete blocks. I wish it was. Because those helical anchors, to be honest, they're not as far in the ground as I would like. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been holding up the tower now for almost two years and doing a great job. Wow. Well, before we go too far, uh, I wanted to play a clip here of one of your YouTube uh, stories here. It, it's the one called Ham Radio Tower Deployment, just so that people can hear mm. the format of your channel and, and your intro and all that. But uh, let's give it a listen here. What's up, YouTubers? Whiskey5 Kilo Victor here. Thanks for tuning in to Signal Search. Really exciting video for you guys today because my Roan 25G is finally up in the air. And before we get started, I just have to put out a really huge thank you to George K5TR, John November5, Charlie Foxtrot Bravo, and Sam Kilo5 Juliet Mike. Uh, George was my tower climber during this whole experience, and myself. Uh, and John and Sam served as the ground crew during this Roan 25G deployment. So during this episode so on your channel, you uh, you show us the the first sights of your tower being up. This this show is dated December 16th, so right before all the COVID craziness happened. Yeah, and it, it was really a very yeah, every, every time I see someone's tower set up, I'm always in awe, but it, it was a really fun one to watch. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about where your channel is headed now that you have all of these great things all set up? Oh, that's a great question, Dennis. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been thinking about that myself, like I said, about where I want to take the channel. And, um, you know, number one, first and foremost, I, I want to be helpful Um, So I really want to start concentrating on like projects and things that I know that will like, for instance, help folks get on the air, like maybe uh, concentrating on like working on small antennas. I know that HOAs are a huge problem, you know, in the ham radio community. And, you know, uh, one person made a, a comment on my my tower video. They said, oh, now you're, you're Mr. Big Tower. You're, you're not going to, you're going to leave all the small guys behind and you're not going to do videos about, <laughs> you know, stuff like that anymore or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I commented back and I was like, on the contrary, man, that's, that's all I want to do. I don't, I totally understand that not everybody can have this type of setup. So, um, I think my goals are to do a lot of videos on antennas in the future. Um, not to give away, but too much information, but I've essentially got a workbench <laughs> full of about 20 or 30 toroids over here oh, okay um, let's see i i recently purchased a bunch of different brands of uh poly stealth mm-hmm. i've got the the rf davis stuff and the stuff from dx engineering mm-hmm. so i've got a lot of projects uh coming up you know i'd like to, i bought uh the arrl wire antenna classics book 
We're going to be oh, doing yes. some stuff from that. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue on basically with the shack progress. I'm pretty much set here as far as where I want to be with my antennas here at home. There's a couple things that we're going to be doing in the future. I'm actually working on a, the only band I don't have access to here at home is 160 meters. Same here. And so I'm working on doing, believe it or not, a, a, a quarter wave vertical for 160 meters. That's essentially an inverted L. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, the top of it is going to be supported by my tower. Uh, so that's going to be one of the big projects we have coming up. Yeah. I've got all the other bands covered except for 160 meters. That's always been a problematic band for me. Yeah. I've, and I've honestly, done a lot of listening on 160, but I've never yeah. actually successfully transmitted beyond maybe a few meters <laughs> away yeah, from my QTH. I think I have maybe one or two JT65 QSOs on 160 meters, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, And I'm going to be listening to my, my audience a lot. You know, I'm willing to steer, kind of steer my channel as as my my audience, you know, wants to. You know, a lot of folks have told me that they wanted me to continue on with my portable operating in the past. I think that's been something that's been really popular with folks in the past. So we're going to be doing a lot of that as well now that it's finally cooled down here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, even though, you know, to tell you the truth, even though I've got a, a tower now, I fight some pretty nasty noise sometimes. And sometimes I just want to get away from it all. And portable operating is the solution there. So <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yep. And I've seen a few of your videos with, well, you talk about the Flex 6400, which I also have and really enjoy, and how you set up your own, basically your own Wi-Fi mesh to make it work from your house. Uh, I resorted to using Powerline. I had some problems with some Powerline, but then I found another one that actually works pretty well and it's RF quiet. So, Oh wow. So now I use the, the actual electrical wiring of my house to get to my, my 6,400 in the garage. And it's RF quiet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's my I, trend. All the power line adapters I've ever used have been like broadband from one to 30 megahertz. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the oh. ones I have here are TP-Link. I'm not sure what brand you Mine have. Mine is TrendNet. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I it, they were old. They only do 100 megabit, but they seem to work really well. And I'm not I complaining. Try that out. My only problem well, now is I have this uh, I have this freezer that I set up on DC power, and it has a little RV solar panel on the roof. And um, that controller, that solar controller, generates so much... RF noise. So during the day when it's charging the battery for the station, <laughs> I can't uh, get on 40 meters at all. I can get on 20, but 40 has all these spikes in it. Gotcha. Can you do gi digital modes at least? Yeah. Provided it's not in one of those spikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in between, I can. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yes, I, I was saying you, you have your flex. You talked about that. You had an unusual reveal everyone was crazy about the 705 and you're like, I got one, a 7,100. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about that, your gear, uh, your favorite gear and your operation, both uh, remote and portable or, and at home. Yeah. Um, I've owned the 6,400 now. How long have you had yours? I think I got mine. I can't remember exactly. It's somewhere early part of the year. So maybe okay. around April or March, I think. Okay. So you're year. a fairly new user like I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got mine. Uh, I think I picked it up in June or July, if I remember correctly. I sold a Kenwood TS590SG in order to fund that purchase. <laughs> a lot of me misses the 590SG because it was just such a fantastic radio. I, it's probably still my favorite rig to this day. But the Flex Radio, I mean, as far as like increasing my operating time has been a huge help. 
because I can operate it from anywhere. And that's, I'm sure like, you know, when you have a, a busy family and a busy work life, being able to do that is just a huge advantage to me. I have this wonderful radio shack, but to be honest with you, I'm rarely in it. You know, I've, I've got a family to take care of. So being able to, you know, remotely use my flex here is just um, fantastic. I'm, I'm still ironing out some, some of the things like you said with the network. Um, mm -hmm. but overall it's, uh, it's been fantastic. No complaints there. Yeah, I did a, uh, a, <laughs> a kind of a, I guess if you want to call it clickbait, you can call it that <laughs> on the ICOM 7100. Um, I had actually purchased the 705. I purchased it from Gigaparts not even a month after it was advertised. Um, I had it on order like all the way up until they were about to ship it. I sent him an email and I told him to cancel it only because, you know, I still consider myself a new operator. Um, I operate primarily single sideband when I do portable operating. And for me, QRP just doesn't work all too well for single sideband when I'm doing portable operating. And mm -hmm. my goal when I go out portable operating, it, it may be different from everybody else, but my number one goal when I go out is to try to ping as many people as I can. You know, if, if someone's out there listening for me, trying to work me on a parks on the air activation, I want to try to work you, you know, and I, I just I had such a hard time doing that with uh, QRP. Again, I'm not trying to bash QRP or anything. I, I when it works, it works wonderfully. And to be honest, I told I told myself I was actually going to purchase a 705 when I get more proficient with CW mm -hmm. uh, recently yeah. signed up to I did CW Academy level one. Um, I plateaued at eight word words per minute got really frustrated, kind of gave up with it. Been getting back into it recently over the past few months. Uh, signed back up with uh, Long Island CW Club on Twitter. So I paid I paid to become a, a member of their club, and I want to start taking some classes with them soon. Haven't done it yet, uh, but I told myself as a reward, <laughs> once you, you, know, you get on the air and you make your first real CW QSO without assistance, that I was going <laughs> to probably get that 705 because... I, you know, I, I love SDR radios and mm -hmm. the 705s. I mean, I, no doubt it's a fantastic rig, but uh, I need to get better at CW to enjoy it first. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a cool motivation. Yeah. Get your first uh, CW contact and then. Yeah. I've had, I don't know if you know, but rig. I've had two KX3s in the past. <laughs> mm -hmm. You actually, I, I actually have one of your radios because you, you sell quite a bit of your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a sec. Did I sell you one of my KX3s? No, you sold me your, um, what is it? The, the Was it a F-loop? I no, can't remember what the, I sold you. it's the HT. I can't remember. It's not the THD74. It's the D72. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted to get into satellite, and everyone was talking full duplex. You got to do full duplex. And then yep. right around that time, you just happened to post, hey, I'm selling <laughs> my D72. I was like, oh, I'm on it, you know, and... Oh man, don't get me started on FM sats. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I, I have, I have tried and failed with FM sats so many times. Well, I mean, I have had similar experience, but I'm, I'm more encouraged again because actually you yeah. can hook in your whatever laptop you use to the 705 with ham radio deluxe. And actually it will do all the Doppler for you and everything. And it controls the radio while you just point the antenna and, and try to get in. So I'll be trying nice. again more. Uh, the only problem being it's the 705 is not full duplex. So what I've actually right. started using your D72 for is the, the TNC that's built in because it's got this full terminal node controller in it that you can yeah, access nice from a computer. HD. And yeah, it's, it's really great. I've done a few packet transmissions with it. I've done WinLink with it. It's, it's really a great HT to have if you're, wanting to send emails or, or packet BBS messages. It, it, it really makes you wonder why they didn't include full duplex in the 74. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I would think that's a highly desirable feature. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it's one of my HTs. Um, <laughs> I was a little bit discouraged by satellite to be honest, just, just like you. I mean, I, I would yeah. try and I get one contact at best. And a lot of the other t attempts, I would 
totally not even get in. It, it would just be too busy. I still want to try, man. I've got my TMV71 Alpha right here, which is what uh, John from Spacecoms use, uses. Mm-hmm. He always told me, he's like, sometimes you need higher power on those older satellites. So stick with your V71 Alpha. So I've got that right here in my in my backpack and my uh, my aero beam is right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Haven't given up. Always ready. Yeah. Just wish it was uh, a little bit easier <laughs> to get in. You know, I think it would be a lot easier if, you know, if, if, uh, if there were more in the air, to be honest, yeah, but I know that yeah. takes a lot of money. AMSAT, you know, they probably need more members, more membership. So yeah, yeah, maybe I need to become a member. <laughs> <laughs> so switching gears, uh, who are your ham Elmers or heroes? Yeah. I mentioned those guys earlier today. Um, George K five TR, uh, and John man, N five CFB, they were, instrumental in helping me get set up and and george he has just been uh you know phenomenal in helping me build my station here today with my tower i'm just so lucky to have you know central texas is a a really great area to live in if you're a ham radio operator um we just have you know the, the the ham density per like square mile here is it's crazy there's just a lot of us here you know, you can just look on the PSK reporter map and look at central Texas and that, that tells you enough, but yeah, a lot of activity here as far as uh, ham stuff goes, a lot of clubs. Yeah. But George and John have been instrumental, but also the, the, the entire N508K amateur radio club, everybody in that club has been a huge help. I, I can't really, you know, pinpoint one or, or two people, to be honest, everybody's been such a, a big help, you know, from the beginning just initially overcoming that, you know, initial key up to the, the very first repeater mm-hmm. <laughs> that I spoke yeah. on, yeah. you know, they were just very, uh, welcoming. I know a lot of people, you hear about a lot of people, their first experience on a repeater is, you know, not so nice. I mean, mine was the complete opposite. These guys were just, you know, really, a really cordial group of operators and, uh, willing to go above and beyond, you know, to help you. Yeah. I remember my first two meter repeater attempt. I didn't know if the radio was working or not because no one would come back. And it was a relatively quiet repeater, but I did hear people every once in a while. And Mm -hmm. after a while, it would be more of me trying to break into a conversation to see if they could hear me because just my call outs weren't getting any responses. And actually, then I found out, yes, my radio does work. It's just that. I guess these were a couple of buddies on the repeater and they didn't know who I was. So they didn't answer me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the, you, you run into those here and there, but overall, I mean, Oh my goodness. I can hit from my location from, from right here, my location, I can hit uh, like 97 repeaters oh from my, my location gosh. right here. Wow. It's, it's nuts. Well, yeah. so not only are you in a good spot, but you're also centrally located for the U S so you can hit both the Pacific and the EU yeah, from your location <laughs> pretty easily. I, I always have a hard time with Europe and uh, I, I don't, I don't have worked all continents yet because I can't reach Africa. So, Oh really? Yeah, oh man. They've been on uh, 15 meters. Uh, they've been on 15 meters lately uh, on FT eight. Uh, I, I got, uh, I think it was Mali, Ghana, Kenya wow, this week. Imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I got yes, just yesterday. I mean, not really significant, but I got Canary islands on uh 10 meters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good stretch for 10 meters, yeah, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my peers tell me Canary islands, that's the one to go for. There's a particular call that's always on CW in the Canary islands that, that is, uh, they say is easier to get because it's a powerful <laughs> station coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about your, your shack and your, your gear? Um, goodness. Other Without uh, giving too many hints about the videos coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I've got a really basic shack. I, I did, there is one thing I'm wanting to add to the shack and that is I've bought and sold a few amplifiers over the past couple of years. I, I originally had a Heathkit SB220. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> the very first time I plugged it in in my house in Austin, the very first time I used it, uh, my wife was sitting on the couch and she had a heating blanket on her, her stomach. She wasn't feeling very well. And when I keyed up, there was something in the control box for the heating blanket uh, that essentially mm. exploded. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And it happened right when I keyed up. I don't know if it was a capacitor or something or what. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I haven't used uh, an amplifier since that day. How many watts? <laughs> Did you say how many watts you were putting out? Um, yeah, it was somewhere around... Uh, I was on, it was wired for 110 and the max output I think is like 700 Watts. Mm -hmm. But you know, I was in a very, very confined, Yeah, like my antenna was really close to the house, like not even five feet away from (laughs) the house. There's a, there's a particular hairdryer in my household that if I go on 30 meters, it will buzz sometimes. So, (laughs) and so I have to dial it down to under. 50 watts if i'm 30 yeah. meters that's crazy so i've i've been wanting to add an amplifier here to the shack for some reason i just can't bring myself to do it because it's like it's at that price point where i'm like is it going to be worth it for me you know i've been talking to my my elmer george you know ever since you know because i only use 100 watts in my beam and and generally that I can work a lot of people with that. Mm-hmm. If I can't work them with a hundred Watts in my beam, then as George told me, then you amplifier is not going to help, help you that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am wanting to add another SB 220 here to the shack though. Cause I, those are like six, 700 bucks. You can pick those up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's only going to be the next piece of gear that I add. And so not <laughs> as confined now, right? Your shack, how, how far is it from the house? Um, I'm about 80 feet now from the house okay. and, um, yeah, I've got a, a 220 plug for it here in the shack. So it's, it's wired up for it. Nice. Yeah. You're all set for full legal limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Any, any other gear? No, I mean, I'm still stick. I still use my, I still use my Yesu FT891. Believe it or not, I dropped it on the audio knob the other day Oh. and I didn't have the portable zero rails on it. And it like it did this to the audio knob, so oh, I don't know boy. if it's still working or not. Eight ninety one was uh, a big deal back when I was getting into HF in early twenty eighteen. Yeah, and I had just gotten the eight fifty seven, so I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> wish I got the eight ninety one." But uh, yeah, I, I hear that it's a it's a great mobile rig, and it's it does excellent receive. From what yes. I hear. Yeah, it has a really, a really hot front end receiver. Um, I find myself constantly adjusting the RF gain on the 891. I don't do that on any of my other radios. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 891, <laughs> yeah, people come blasting in on that thing all the time. It's a great portable rig and it's just super lightweight. Mm-hmm. Um, no complaints there. I, I mean, my, you know, it's not much more heavier than the 705 really when you think about it yeah. um in terms of weight it's only like twice the amount of, of weight i guess that would be a lot for some folks but for me it's not too Boy, heavy it's, it's around four pounds or so yeah it's like 4.1 pounds yeah, and i yeah. think the 705 is like two point something yeah something like that. two and change yeah yeah so any advice you have for people before we close here oh goodness man um for like new operators, if you're, you know, if you're struggling to get on the air, uh, try portable operating. <laughs> uh, you know, as many folks as I hear, I think that's the number one problem that I hear for folks. And I don't ever want to hear from folks that they're having a problem accessing the HF bands or, you know, getting on the air. Um, you know, my answer to that was just portable operating. I know it's a pain in the butt because you always got to set up your gear and all that. But um, it's why I've been such a huge proponent of uh, portable operating because, you know, let's face it, like what 60, 70% of the world's population lives in city centers. And, it, you know, if you're in that type of environment, you know, you're going to be fighting crazy amounts of noise. And, yeah. um, I, you know, again, I think that's why I've, I've, I've gravitated so much towards <laughs> portable operating just to get away from all that noise, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, other piece of advice, just be kind to one another on the air, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really it. Just be cordial and, and be welcoming to new operators, especially. Yeah. I always tell everybody you should treat every single person that you meet on the air if they're as if they're a new a brand new operator. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It's common thread though. I ask that question almost every episode and and people just say get out there. Yeah. <laughs> if it's uh, Yeah, if get it's, out and operate. Um get out and operate and and be nice. <laughs> a side note, um you know, this past month or two I I've, I've been you know, kind of gloomy because of, of COVID. And I, I really haven't been operating that much. I, my, uh, my wife had a really good idea and, and she was like, well, why don't you just make it a point to, for the next 30 days, make it a point to er every day or every night or whatever, go out to your ham shack and, or remotely, which I've been doing <laughs> and just call mm -hmm. CQ every night. So I, it just ended yesterday, as a matter of fact, oh, okay. every night for the past 30 days, I've been calling CQ just to kind of, you know, get back into that, get back into that swing. And I've had some really, really interesting conversations over the last 30 days. And it's, yeah, I, it just puts a big smile on my face when I'm able to talk to folks on the air. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I wish there was a better alerting system for that kind of thing, because I remember when your channel went away. And I was like, oh, man. So the only way I'm going to interact with this guy now is if I catch him on the air in one of his contests or something, because <laughs> it, it really looked like you were gone from social media and YouTube. And I was like, oh, man. And I disappear from time to time uh, still, <laughs> to be honest. But I mean, <laughs> I was ready for that. And I, I was also just thinking that, you know, I will always be trying. I'll, I'll be out there. Our, our paths will cross. And then you showed up again. And I was like, all right, <laughs> there's the YouTube channel again. Excellent. And I was back. Yep. Well, anyway, Johnny, anything else? Anything else you wanted to mention? No, man, it's been, uh, thank you. I, I just wanted to thank you and not just you, but all the other, like, I, just, I guess, ham radio content creators out there who are, mm -hmm. are doing what they're doing right now, even in spite of COVID. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the content. I really enjoy your content. So I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. And also thank you to all the other ham radio content creators out there for doing what you guys are doing. Y'all are doing a fantastic job and that's it. Thank yeah. you guys. Well, thank you for your channel too. I, I definitely look forward to each, uh, episode. And <laughs> so I'll be linking everything in the show notes, your Twitter, your YouTube and all that, but cool. Thanks for the time. An hour went fast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was a blast, man. Thank you so much. Um, All right. You ever want to do this again? Let me know. Yeah. All right. I'll say 7-3 and catch you later. Okay. 7-3, Dennis. Take care. You've been listening to Hamdom Thoughts by 8060M. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time.